everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of An Apotheosis of a Bombast. I'm Scott Copperman, and with me as always is my co-host, Mr. Elton McManus. How are you today, Elton? Hello, I'm... I'm fine. I'm fine. A little cheesed off, but I'm fine. Alright, well let's start with that. What's what's on your mind? What's got you cheesed off? Do you remember uh, a little while ago, I grew up and went out and bought a sofa? Yes. It turned up yesterday. Well, we were all very proud back then, and now now you've moved on. Not only is it just in concept, but it's there in physical form. Yeah, it turned so up. it comfy? It's, it's grand. Absolutely perfect. But, um, you know when they say uh, on the websites when you order these sort of things, when you go into the showrooms, and all measurements are approximate, and normally with a sofa you put your details down, you say, right, okay, I want a three-seater or a four-seater or a corner sofa... And then they go off and build it, don't they? It takes around about yeah. six weeks. Turns up, lovely jubbly. This one, it's eight centimetres shorter than the approximate measurements. Am I being picky, or is that a little bit too short? Uh, you can't see me gesturing with my fingers here. It's, but, uh, it's three, just over three inches. Yeah. That's pretty significant. Although I suppose in their mind it's from the centre... Four centimeters on each side, so it probably seems even less to them. I know, but what do I do? Do I phone them up and say, "Can I have my other cent?" When's my eight centimeters turning up? It just well, seems a lot. Just chop off. It seems odd. Like, do the cushions seem too small, or is it? it it's it seems like it'd be hard to take that much off without there yeah. being a noticeable effect. Does it not fit the wall the way you were expecting it to now? It mm, it sits in the alcove where it's supposed to. It's, we was expecting it to be bigger and fill it up a little bit more. And it sort of does. Not as much, though. It's fine as it is. I'm just, okay, I want my eight centimetres. They do that to, what, a hundred other sofas, and they're, they're going to make a couple of other sofas out of that, aren't they? That's true. Well, what is, that's the thickness of a soda can, basically. So yeah. if you if you were to put something in there, does that make it noticeably better, or is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's a distance between being really comfy and slightly squished. But yeah, you know, I'm just a bit cheese off with it. I want my other eight centimeters. No, I understand. And the cushions aren't like overstuffed in there now because it's it's so narrow. No, it seems fine. It seems fine. I mm, don't know. It just seems a bit of a swizz. <laughs> I was going to phone them up and record it and just be over, overly sarcastic to them and be like, okay, so when are you going to be sending me my eight centimeters? And we don't know, sir. Um, um, and then they put the phone down. But I didn't really get around to that. I wasn't allowed to do it. Let's put it like that. <laughs> well, here's what I would suggest I think you should call and not be uh, hostile about it, but I think you should call and somehow imply that that three centimeters makes a difference or the eight centimeters makes a difference such mm -hmm. as there is there is something that the sofa was intended to to block or come up with some reasonable uh consequence of of the sofa being just that little bit off and and they'll say oh well you know sir it does say everything's um approximate you're within three percent of the actual thing 
Yeah. And it goes through the whole thing, and, and I think you, rather than be angry, you should just come across as very disappointed. You were so looking forward to it. <laughs> and it's it's a very lovely sofa, but it just it comes up short, literally and figuratively, in this one thing. Whether uh, it's it's to block this outlet or whatever. It is. You know, Right now, your outlets are a certain distance apart, and you were hoping to have the sofa obscure both of them. Yeah. And now one is one is visible and, and that kind of defeats the whole purpose of, of why you got that particular sofa and I would suspect that if you just without being hostile continue to just do that <sighs> I alright well yeah I understand it's just <sighs> at some point you'll probably get something for free whether it's uh, you know well sir we, we do have an, an ottoman that we can send out or would you like uh free pillow fluffing for a year or you know some they'll offer something that may have some value or it may just be you know a, a coupon for a future purchase which yeah. you don't nearly need but they might send out an eight centimeter cushion just to fill up the gap they may credit you uh you know a small percentage of the purchase price mm. it could be something i say go for it am i being stingy though that, that's the thing that's bugging me no, I think if you were irate about it, you'd probably be overreacting. Um, I had a similar thing with uh, airline tickets recently, and um, the the actual customer service people were completely worthless. And then I got a hold of somebody who worked in the corporate office, and all of a sudden, all the things that were impossible were possible. Yeah. <laughs> Is that and, where I think you stuck that on Twitter, didn't you? About um, it would be cheaper for you not to turn up than to actually cancel your tickets. Uh, yes, yes, I had to cancel a flight, and um, they wanted a hundred dollar cancellation fee for for tickets that were admittedly eighty dollar tickets, and um, it, it evolved from that. I, I, I could understand they have a no con no cancellation fee. That's fine. I should, you know. I would have to take a penalty, but they wouldn't just let me not show up. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted me to cancel the ticket, and and then pay, you know, the twenty dollar difference per ticket, God. which is ridiculous. And then uh, at another time, uh, my my wife and kids were taking a trip, and we had booked. I was booking the tickets for them, and literally while you're on the website, the airfares are changing. You know, it's like. Oh! going through I have a feeling that the website is aware like it chronicles how often uh, certain destinations are researched yeah. and so it responds to the increased demand spikes the ticket prices you know well we've had 15 hits on Phoenix to Los Angeles lately let's bump it up nine dollars and see what happens yeah there's a lot of companies that do that I think uh Web hosting companies do that as well, don't they? If they have a certain amount of hits on a certain .com name, then they'll either purchase it or put the price up on it. Right, that makes sense. But what had happened was, as this was going on, I I can't remember what the, the glitch was, but for some reason the transaction didn't go through. And all I could get was one half of the trip, and then the other half... What, oh, I know what it was. I had a, um, a voucher, uh, like a... Because it actually resulting from that canceled trip, I had had a a flight credit to use, and for, I was punching in all the information. And it wouldn't let me do it, and while it was going on, the airfares are changing, and I'm like, no, no, stop. So what I did is I I ended up buying half the trip, and 
went to go and buy the second half later, and it wouldn't allow me to do that. So again, I was like, look, I was on this website. It's, it was not my fault that the thing didn't work. It was because someone hadn't activated the code in their end, all going on and on. Nobody could help me. Nobody could help me. And again, I contacted that same person in the corporate office, and they were like, oh, hold on a sec. Okay, I have your wife and two kids on this flight. I've added the other flight. I've applied the credit. Uh, would you like them to sit in row four? <laughs> oh, gee, that's funny because uh, Tobias, who speaks with a very strong accent, um, <laughs> was telling me that this was impossible. And Gunther, who I spoke to uh, two hours before, told me this. And Nigel, who told me, you know, going back and forth. like Tobias, is that Mexican for Toby? I don't know. Nobody I spoke to was Mexican or, or Spanish. Spanish or French or British or Norwegian or American. <laughs> Tobias. At least in terms of accent. But anyway, uh, my point being, if you get a hold of the right person, miracles can happen. And if you're due to have a kid, name, name him Tobias. You know, if a friend of mine, you know those form spring things that everybody does on Twitter? I, not everybody, a lot of people do. Yeah. You know, ask me a question, and you know, people put in a question and get answers, and it seemed to almost universally turn into uh, <laughs> something sexual, like halfway through. It must just be people who troll around and pop in random questions. But I, I have have one person I follow who's very explicit with every, you know, she'll answer any question, and I don't know who's asking her these questions. Right. <laughs> but whatever they ask her, she doesn't care, and she might just be giving answers for a laugh, but. You know, really? Wow. Really? Really? No. I feel guilty even looking. I I don't click to read them, but it posts part of the answer anyway, and I'm like, oh, I don't don't need to know that. Too much information. There's people knocking one out to actually read in that. You do know that. Probably. But uh, so this other friend, friend of the show, Rose, who um, we've sometimes borrowed some of her links, uh, she decided to put it up. And I was really surprised because she's been really busy with work, hardly ever on Twitter lately. And and all of a sudden, up pops a, I'm on Formspring, ask me anything. And uh, so I was kind of teasing her, like, gee, you disappear for weeks, and this is how you come back and question and answer form. And um, the only question that someone asked her was, uh, what should I name my unborn child? Ooh. And, and she answered, Qbert. The obvious choice is Qbert. And that's it. That's that's her only, f- I think she drove away all the potential <laughs> Formspring <laughs> answers. You mean you don't think I should call him uh, something sexual and like all that? No, it's just Hubert. <laughs> well, you asked a nerdy person, or she gets—I forget. There's one either nerd or geek. One is acceptable, one's not. I forget which. I mean, it's geek. Geek's okay. Know. Whatever, whatever the moniker would be, she's she fit it, and you know they asked her that question, and she responded with the very witty and appropriate Hubert. Yeah. And then that was it. And the, the ironic part of it, as I was trying to point out to her, was on her Twitter feed, like I said, she hasn't been on very long, uh, very much lately. So you could actually see like the last two or three weeks on the first page. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff was just random kind of question and answers, like uh, you know, people asking things back and forth and, and answering. No form spring necessary. But she, she said she thought maybe the fact that people could do it anonymously was going to be a draw. Yeah, there's a lot of sites out there that um, uh, I think it's on Facebook as well. I'll if I get a thousand people following me, I'll name my kid Megatron and stuff like that. 
Well, all right, here's a, a semi-associated topic here. So my son is named after his two grandparents. Um, so it's James and then Harold. And he, uh, but we call him Jay. The, all His whole life, the plan was he will be Jay. It was a, a gesture to my father-in-law um, and my wife and all to, to name him James. But he was never, ever going to be called James by anybody. Mm-hmm. So he was born in 2000. And then the world changed, as they say, in uh, 2001. And now, you know, and Mary Ann's the same way. She's got a her driver's license says Mary A. Her credit cards say Mary Ann. Her motor club thing says Mary Ann, no space. Her uh, license for work has a different spelling. Nothing matches, and it's a constant source of headache. You know, because here, especially, they're more and more. Your official government ID has to match everything. Everything has to line up with each other. Yeah, and yeah. like her, we're screwed with her because nothing matches. And you know, we try to get the driver's license to match the um, certification for work and her college transcripts and all that stuff. You would think it should be a little bit easier because I mean, she had her name changed when she got married, but it's still it's an issue that's going to get worse and worse over time. So with my son. I'm wondering if we should be proactive because I, I don't want him to have to fill out tax returns with a name he never uses and have a bank account with a name he never uses. And, you know, when he goes to get a job and his college transcript, I mean, his high school report cards say one name, his birth certificate says something else. Yeah. I think, uh, keeping, keep the name as he was given and then just use the, the J as everyday life. Apparently you can change your name for £10. I'm on a couple of sites at the moment. I'm probably looking at the wrong ones. But yeah, £10, not bad. That's not bad. I, I'll tell you what, if any any listeners want their name changed, I'll pay for it and we'll do it on the show. <laughs> there we go. That's a show for you. There you go. You can be Elton's other son. <laughs> right, should we move on to other bits then? Sure. Okay. We did get uh, some feedback already from the last episode. We had a uh, nice acknowledgement from Marius, for whom the mighty USS Marius, the sunken, I guess it was my battleship, wasn't it? Or my aircraft carrier. It was your aircraft carrier. Yes, the aircraft carrier. still bitter, aren't you? I was sad. I, feel, I, you know, I had to go visit the Cartwrights the other day, and <laughs> God, you know, their mother slapped me. She said, why couldn't I protect them? I didn't have an answer. I said I, I kept thinking C9, but I, I just couldn't get the cannons lined up right. I'll give you the answer. I'm better at battleships than you. There we go. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, so he it was nice to – we appreciate that acknowledgement. It just shows that um, we didn't drive people away playing battleship during the game. Yeah. <laughs> we got a nice uh, set of links sent to us from Ross from the Creeping with Armstrong podcast, a frequent guest on our – our two shows. Uh, he sent a link to a Wikipedia page about basically this concept that eventually machines will become self-aware. And he also sent a link to uh, an advertisement for something called JetLev, which looks awesome. Absolutely amazing. Have you gotten to see the link yet? Yeah, I've seen that. It does look really good. It, it answers a lot of the concerns. It's a water-powered jetpack, and when you first see the video, it almost looks like someone is um, 
is it parasailing when you're pulled yeah. by a boat? It looks like that, but that's not the case. You're actually you're on a jetpack, and the jetpack has a long like fireman's hose going to something behind you, and you can see in the camera shots that it's basically an overturned. It looks like an overturned rowboat. So you are dragging it behind you. There is nothing pulling you, hmm. and that must uh, be the source of the the water that you know gets sucked up and then it gets expelled out the jetpack. And it looks like he gets about 50 feet in the air. He can. It looks pretty awesome. It looks wicked, but there's one drawback to that. You can only do it over water. Yeah, but it, it takes away the possibility of being 2,000 feet high and sputtering out and going crashing down on someone's house. Yeah. I didn't see the little tugboat at the very back. I thought the actual um, the pump was on his back and it was sucking up water and then shooting out at the same time. At about the uh, 30, 36, 37 second mark of the video, mm. he makes a hard turn and you can kind of see uh, this little like float behind him. I'd definitely have a go at that though. Yeah. I just don't think I'd have a go at the you know tetherless ones where you're just free to roam. At least you're going to no, hit the water as well. It looks safer in a lot of ways. Mm. There's a, a There was a link I had found that I was going to break out for today and it's about uh, how human nature ruins the best sci-fi ideas <laughs> and how we were talking about like people will do stupid things if given the opportunity Yeah, but uh, I'm actually going to save that for another episode because the, the link was a little more non-safe for work than I was expecting Okay, <laughs> go a different direction I will leave that for another time then Yeah, but, uh, but thank you Ross for that and uh, we also had another couple of other Nice tweets supporting the show, some nice endorsements of it. Really appreciate that. And we're starting to get some answers on uh, interest in the World Cup tournament. Yeah. So we'll, details for that are still to come. If you'd like to be a part of it, you know, just let us know so we make sure we include you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is another link that uh, Ross sent us. Um, it's the India's answer to terrorism, the armored golf carts. And you can troll around in this and pick up special people that are in need of rescuing, I suppose. It's grenade-proof, it's bulletproof, it's electric as well. Well, that, there's one big problem with that. It's electric, and it has a top speed of 15 miles per hour. Yeah. So it reminds me of, uh, I can't think of a specific movie, but I can think of a number of movies where someone's in like a getaway car, and then comedically you see people kind of walking faster than they're going. Yeah, like, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like this. You're gonna have people. There's only room. Someone for banging two. on the door, like, open up. Well, you can't go forever. The wheels are exposed, so basically, you could put this thing on bricks with the people safely <laughs> inside it, or you could have a crowd around you. They're, you're driving away as fast as you can in this golf cart, and people slowly walk to, walking up to you, and then they circle around you, and then they rock you. And throw you, you over. Have to go over like a turtle. You're <laughs> yeah. on a turtle on your back. Yeah. But you're safe. Yeah, I have a feeling it's not very forceful. You'll probably get in front and kind of stop it like a superhero. Yeah. There is a, a sentence on here. It says, unlike blast-proof cars and trucks, the golf cart could even protect occupants within a building. So you imagine a building, you've got a terrorist attack going on, and just someone drives in with this and goes, okay, I'm safe. You guys aren't. <laughs> Tough. It reminds me of... Like, <laughs> Like Dr. Evil in the Austin Powers movies, that he'd have one of these. He'd be zipping around. Yeah. Get in my mini tank. It's just the wheels are sticking out the front like a normal golf cart, and they're just so exposed. There you go. That's it. It's 
once you get rid of the wheels, you've basically got a Lego block that you can't get into. Picture someone driving up on a golf course. Okay, I'm ready. We're not going to have any disagreements, are we? I will shoot first. <laughs> or a man dressed in camo, maybe uh, the, the green camouflage, jumps out with a golf ball whoosh, and jumps straight back in, yeah. closes the door, <laughs> off he goes. You're driving to the third green and all of a sudden out of the woods comes this little cart. Run, run, turn around. Yeah, or here, go, go, go. Well, that's pretty cool. Thanks, Ross. If you guys are interested, you can follow Ross on Twitter at RevoltingRoss. All one word. Or check out his uh, podcast, Creeping with Armstrong, somewhere. Just go to, yeah, go to iTunes and type that in. All right. Well, did you have any interesting articles or anything? Any news stories? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of news stories. Do you want me to go first on one of them? Sure. Right. This first story is uh, a story that combines my favorite sport and my job. Now, not a lot of people know that listen to this, but I'm a, a lift engineer. And my favorite sport is Formula One, as some of you might know. There's a very famous person called Sterling Moss who actually fell down a lift shaft this week. He's got a lift uh, in his house, I think it's in Mayfair, and he's gone to the lift, he's opened the door, the lift's not there, but for some reason he's stepped in and fallen down three flights of stairs, broken his ankles, broken a couple of ribs, and now he's in hospital. So it was right out of the cartoons, he opened, the elevator yeah. door opened, and yeah. he stepped in, and there was nothing there. And... He's bloody lucky as well, he's 80 years old. Yeah. He he never won the world championship, but he won 16 races in the 60s, I think it was. Uh, uh, late 50s, early 60s. But I, you know mm, what? I, I I like the way that it's my, my job and my favourite sport all combining in one. I feel sorry for him for doing it, but there really should be no reason for him to actually open this door and fall down. No, we can, we can make fun of it a little bit because he's he's going to be okay. Yeah. But I, I think uh, there were some interesting parts of the article, which we'll put in, in the show notes here. You know, his wife makes a comment that, you know, it was very unfortunate. It could have been another member of the family. But we're very pleased that the fact that he survived the fall, demonstrating that his body still has the same resilience to injury it had back in his racing days. Mm. And then they, they point out in the article that he's always been a fan of uh, new technology ahead of its time. He brought the heated toilet seat yeah. and electric curtain controls to his house. Yeah, he's he's got tons of gadgets in there. I've got a couple of friends that have actually worked in his house before. And so yeah. they know exactly what type of lift they've got there. And yeah, he's got tons of gadgets around his house. And it, apparently he's a really nice bloke as well. Yeah. He's really humble and really nice. So, you know, get well soon to Sterling Moss. That's right. Uh, I had a an article that was... A little more tragic. It's uh, it's one of those things that sounds like an urban legend, and I don't know how it, it definitely gets to be true, but it was it was reported by the AFP, mm -hmm. which I believe that's uh, a reliable news source. I'm not sure. <laughs> but the, the story is that a Japanese woman drove home with the body of an 80-year-old pedestrian lodged in her windscreen. <laughs> and it's... There's an illustration in one of the articles, not an illustration, uh, a photograph in one of the articles, which... Is that a real-life photograph of it? I, I don't know, so I was going to ask you what you thought. <laughs> I guess there's there's a movie that has a similar plot, 
It's, was it called uh, Stuck? Someone made a movie of someone stuck in a windscreen. A couple, it says, a couple years back, a little thriller called Stuck was released, starring Mina Savari and Stephen Ray. It was loosely based on the real-life tale of Shante Juwan Mallard, who struck and hit a homeless man with her car, causing him to be get lodged in the windshield. Instead of doing the sensible thing calling the cops, she drove home, apparently had sex with a boyfriend, and left the man to die. I have to think that this photograph is from the movie, because there's a shopping car, and it's, it's like a photograph of the incident happening. I want to see that film now. But so this person, uh, Mikito Sato in Tokyo, uh, was not drunk or anything, just was simply sh- shocked and panicking. You know, so they hit this person. I, I probably doesn't look quite like this photograph where like half the body is wedged into the passenger seat. Yeah. But somehow, some way, uh, with the person stuck in the windshield... Mikito Sato uh, drove home in the early hours of the morning, driving seven kilometers or four miles with the victim's body wedged in the shattered windscreen. Bloody hell. Uh, She was arrested after a boyfriend called police to report the accident. When they came to the home, they found the body of the elderly woman still stuck in the car's windscreen. That sounds horrible, but at the same time, you wouldn't know what to do. I mean, I, I don't think uh, well, you drive all the way home, but I no, mean, I think do you stopped. take the body out? Do you move things? You know, don't touch anything is all I can imagine she kept hearing. And like the police probably said, we'll be there in a minute. I would imagine the person was dead by then. She was charged with causing a, tra- causing a traffic accident resulting in death and escaping after running over a person with a car. Faces up to 17 years in prison or a fine of up to 2 million yen. She technically didn't run the person over. Yeah, I I have a feeling that these are the charges, and then you know they'll go through the circumstance and they'll decide. Well, that's not quite fitting. I mean, it, it may even be a situation. Um, let's see, similar to there was a football player in uh, the United States. I think it was last off season, an American football player, and uh, he was in a car accident under the influence, and someone died. And so there was all this outcry, like, "Oh my God!" You know. What a horrible person he was, and 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 I, I, someone died. He was intoxicated. But as the details came out, and they weren't nearly as as highly publicized, I might have even said this once before. He had been drinking the night before, gotten a ride home, mm-hmm. uh, slept, woke up in the morning, and I forget where he was going, going to get breakfast or something. You know, but the evening was over. It just happened to still have a, a blood alcohol level. That was elevated in the morning. Yeah. And wasn't speeding, wasn't driving recklessly. The person who died had run out in front of the car. So, I mean, I can... It's still a horrible thing. It's still something that that most likely could have been avoided had things, many things been different. But there's other factors in there. You know, that's not the same as someone who is is, uh, driving home from a bar after drinking way too much and drives up onto someone's lawn and... Yeah, runs no, over. of course not. No, no. Yeah. In the morning after, you know, you, you do feel refreshed, don't you? Yeah, but my point is that you know, so this is the collection of potential things. I'm sure, as as details come out, some of them will be fitting and some will be tempered, and it was just bizarre. And when I saw the photograph, it it does make you laugh, but it's that's from a movie. I'm sure. It's yeah, I'm sure it is. Thing. I have to put a disclaimer at the start of this episode saying, you know, we, we are going to laugh at people, but you know, we don't really mean it. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, I'll move on to my next one then. All right. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> wheelchair fan skewered at ACDC gig. Okay, I I can't listen to this one much. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No. A quadriplegic man has been seriously injured at an ACDC concert after his friend hit the joystick of his motorized wheelchair and catapulted him into the mosh pit. Now that again, I that's something you see in in a hundred B comedies where you know there's man in the wheelchair and clueless people are drinking, dancing, whatever, and someone bumps yeah, bumps yeah. the button and uh, right off the and the normally balcony. and normally that's not very funny when you see it on the TV, but when you hear about it in real life, it's bloody funny. But anyway, yes, we're definitely going to have to put a disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> Uh, witnesses said a metal pin used by the 31-year-old man to manoeuvre objects embedded into his eye as, he, uh. as his car crashed, sorry, as his chair crashed more than a metre to the floor. <laughs> Basically, he's got a stick that motorised people, not motorised people, motorised wheelchair users use to move objects out of their way. And his mate was dancing next to him. His elbows hit the joystick. It sent him flying forward off this meter-high balcony. And as he's landed, this stick has gone into his eye. He's fine. He's in intensive care. Let's all knock on wood now. Yes, he's fine. All right, well, let me change it up a little bit here. We'll go more lighthearted. Go on, um, Although, <laughs> bizarre in its own way. So there's two articles we're going to put in about this and there's a link to the company that does it it's about teddy bear vacations so there's a uh, travel agency which will take your stuffed animal and send it around the world <laughs> and really you, you get all kinds of little things sent back let me uh, open the link here the link is toytraveling.com and it says on the front page is your darling exceptional give him an extraordinary present a trip to Prague the beautiful heart of Europe Except amazing experiences, he will bring back home many great photos and other presents. My God. So uh, your basic package is the fo- some photographs, a certificate, creating a profile, a surprise, and daily communication with your stuffed animal. That's 90 euros. You get 30 photographs on a CD, a certificate of a successful visit, a Facebook, Twitter, and Mixi profile for your stuffed animal. Right. A surprise, and daily emails from your stuffed animal. Bloody hell! Now, for 140 euros, you get uh, 30 photographs on a CD and 29 by 13 pics, a certificate, the profiles, aromatherapy, <laughs> printed with photographic evidence, and a travel box. And for the premium fare of 150 euros, you get 50 photographs, certificate, profile, aromatherapy, surprise. Daily communication via email, the photo album, uh, 26 to 82 pages bound hardcover, and a massage. I don't. Mm, there's people sending their stuffed toys around the world to be have their have their pictures taken in front of some of the best monuments in the world. Well, yeah, take a look. There's a photo gallery. It's. Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you what you could do. Okay, when not saying do it, but. When people die, you could stuff your ashes in these, and then you could travel around the world in your favourite stuffed teddy bear. Most expensive package includes a massage, which takes place on a special rug laid out at a place with a view of the Charles Bridge. 
We light candles, incense sticks, lay down the plush toy on his back, and Mr. Helvaka starts the massage. What? What? Massages the toy? Yes. The dearest package also includes a cushion and duvet to provide a comfortable journey for the stuffed client to Prague and then back to its owner. Who's paying for this? There must be a business somewhere, but who the hell is buying this? That is mental. Oh, well, good luck to the person who's come up with it. Obviously, he's making money out of it, isn't he? I'm sure he will. Try I hit another story? If you got one. Okay, I've got another one. Now, this sounds like a start of a, a wicked movie. Memory loss man, a mystery. A smartly dressed man found on a beach has no idea who he is, says cops. A freezing mystery man was rushed to hospital in Brighton, East Sussex, with severe hypothermia when he was discovered unconscious two weeks ago. But when he came round, he appears to have suffered total memory loss. Now, I think there was... Wasn't there a piano player a couple of years ago that was found in very similar circumstances? And all he so. could do is play classical music on a on a piano, but he had no memories at all. Yeah, in 2005, a German became known as the Piano Man after turning up on Kent Beach, apparently suffering memory loss, and then playing flawless classical mm. piano music. That's it. Isn't this start? This is a, like a, a start of a, a wicked movie, though, isn't it? All of a sudden, this guy just appears on a beach, freezing cold, has no memories of where he's come from at all. And it appears that he's time-traveled. Well, this this person you're talking about, the, the German guy, Andreas Grassel, I mean, they describe it in the article that you have here. It, it sounds like a hoax, you know, that he had tried to get some fame, had been rebuffed a little bit, and then went this route and seemed to gain instant fame as the mystery man. And then after a couple months of treatment, he suddenly remembered everything. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at the comments for your your article here too, it seems to be getting the same kind of reaction. If people are wondering if he's uh, an illegal immigrant. Yeah, swam the channel or. Yeah. I'd imagine yeah, it's probably a legal immigrant that's either swam the channel or done something very similar and on a maybe pedlo across the channel. I don't know. Yeah. And ended up oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll swim the last hundred meters. Swam in and. I don't know where I am. I can't remember who I am. Oh, what's going yeah. on? And now he's in. What people will do to get into England, eh? It's the hot place to be. Apparently, yes. But yeah, that that would work because the southeast coast, and then you got France and many other countries next to France, <laughs> <laughs> quite close. So, which we don't need to say them for you because you know them all. Of course, yes, of course. Everybody you do. knows them. So we went from. The heavy-handed kind of news stories, but we ended on a light note. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we try to always have a little list or a little conversation topic and move into a website. So I did have one of those for today. Uh, it comes from a site, coincidentally called top10s.net, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But it's the top 10 recurring dreams and their general interpretations. Oh, so cool. Should we t- take a look and see what they have here? We'll have the link in the show notes. And like I said, we'll talk about the site itself a little more in a bit. Um, all right, so it doesn't say in the article who the actual author is, but um, basically, it, for whatever I you call this a blog or a site, whoever the author is, it, they're writing, they, they've done some research on uh, recurring dreams 
you know, looking at different websites and forums and I guess doing some research on their own. And, and they say basically that there are events and emotions in your waking life which trigger your dreams. If you repeatedly have the same dream, your subconscious is trying to send you a message. There's lots of online resources available to help you figure out what the dreams mean. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's kind of poked around a little bit at some time. This is a list of the 10 most common recurring dreams that the author found in their research. You know, the meanings of the most common recurring dreams are pretty clear in the author's opinion. And they listed all the online resources used for each interpretation. So... Uh, let's see, we'll go through the list, and you can mention if you've ever had that sort of dream or if you agree or disagree okay. with the interpretation. Uh, number 10 on the list is being trapped. Have you ever had a dream where you were locked in a room, trapped in a mine, buried alive in a box? If so, then there's some aspect of your waking life that's making you feel trapped or claustrophobic. Possibly a wrong career choice, a mountain of debt. Oh. Sorry, hang on a minute. Sure. I'll be sick. I have a uh, breaking news for you. Oh, okay. Uh, the cheese rolling in England, which I attended last year, has been cancelled on health and safety grounds. Nah, I was going to ask you if you were going to that this year. I was planning on going to it, but it looks like it's been cancelled. Bastards! Sorry, but bastards! <laughs> if stupid people want to fall down a hill after a lump of cheese, let them. Well, they maybe break they'll, next, there'll be an uh, unofficial cheese rolling that'll spring up somewhere. It'll go underground, won't it? Mm-hmm. In the dark of night. <laughs> anyway, sorry, back to your list. Okay. If so, then there may be some aspect of your waking life that makes you feel trapped or claustrophobic. Possibly the wrong career choice, a mountain of debt on top of you, stifling the lifestyle that you thought you would have. Dreamforth.com's interpretation suggests that this type of dream indicates you may feel like you're not being allowed to live up to your potential because someone is holding you back. Mm. I The only trapped dreams I ever remember having are trapped in a house. And I think there was things upstairs and couldn't get out of the house. But that's the only... I've never really dreamt of being trapped in a box or anything like that. Never mm. really restricted. All right, well then maybe you feel just... Small bits of stiflingness, because mm. I, I think that would probably fit if you can't get out, because you know, they have locked in a room. It's not just locked in a box or something, but no, you know, it gets a little larger. Probably the smaller the containment, the more stifled you feel. All right, number nine on the list is called "Excuse me, where's the washroom?" <laughs> Searching for a bathroom, but finding that the toilets are either broken or missing completely. You wait in line for a long time, but when it's your turn, the stall doors are all gone or the showers are inside. Basically, that you have to go to the bathroom, but for whatever reason, you can't. I, I'd imagine that would cause problems with people. Don't. Mm, no, I don't remember ever having a dream like that at all. Well, according to dreammoods.com, to dream that you're in a public restroom with no stalls or no doors, it signifies your frustrations that you're not getting enough privacy. Ooh. If you dream of other bathroom problems, perhaps related to your own plumbing, consider consulting a professional. <laughs> Go see a doctor. All right. On a related note, number eight is a wet dream. Yes, I've had wet dreams. <laughs> if you regularly dream that you are drowning or that large waves wash over you or floodwaters rise over you, you're feeling again overwhelmed by something in your life. Uh, no, I've never had... 
I've I've dreamt of a tank driving over me. Would that count? No, I don't I, think so. I've had that a couple of times as well. Same sort of thing. But I used to well, watch a program called uh, Anzacs when I was younger quite a lot, and I think that might be something to do with it. I find a lot of times if I'm like doing something a lot, like um, like when we do our last podcast, mm-hmm. if I've watched the episode a couple times and then we've just done our show or I've, I've been reading certain things, then I go to sleep, I, it's hard to escape that. Or I used to do um, what they called a rotisserie basketball league. It's kind of like fantasy sports where you, you know you draft teams and you use like a computer to simulate games. And I would do that all the time with this guy in Indiana. And uh, it was just bizarre. Like it got to the point that it, that was all I was thinking about at night. It's just all consuming. Mm. Oh, so I, mean, I guess if if you're if you're seeing what you said, it was a tank. Yeah, over by a tank. Yeah, big big tank. And it, it was from a game that you were playing, or no? It was from a, a program called Anzacs. It was about the Australians in the in in a war. I can't remember what war it was, but it was like a a, a soapy drama thing, a bit like Band of Brothers, but r- from the eighties. Well, I can see this. Here's an interpretation of it that might work. Drowning indicates overwhelming circumstances in real life, feelings of helplessness or hopelessness, and something that makes you feel out of control. But a single huge wave, which could be the tank, represents a challenge in your life. So perhaps the tank was some obstacle or challenge. Yeah. Overwhelming me. Yep. Number seven, flying. Dreamsdictionary.org uses the following words to describe dreams about flying. Freedom of expression, doing the impossible, and creativity. But uh, coming up later is falling. So, oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Then. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess flying is is being successful. Sadly, I can't really remember ever having a flying dream. No, that is sad. I remember flying a plane in a dream. But that's not what they're getting at here, though, is it? I don't think so. Do you ever have that when you're woken up from a dream, and then you remember your dream, and you're like, "Oh, that was good," and you want to go back to it. Yeah, I think my I was... wife does that all the time. She wants to go and finish streams. I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah, it's not like you just hit pause. But <laughs> but I remember waking up and I think I was flying an F-14. I was obviously watching Top, uh, Top Gun too much, and I I think I got downstairs before I remembered what I was dreaming. I was like, I want to go back to my dream. <laughs> I uh, I've had dreams where. Either like something got something I was dreading or looking something I knew I'd have to do got done in the dream and then I woke up and realized that I hadn't done it yet. Yeah. I was like, oh man. So I relived the experience in real life and in dream. It's like don't really care for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number six on the list is the idea of going nowhere. Um, dreams of paralysis could fit in this category. Moving in slow motion. Um, being unable to move. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common one, isn't it? Like stuck in the mud or dragging your heels everywhere. I've had that yeah. before. This again indicates you're currently facing hardships and obstacles. Um, you're unable to make progress in of your own accord in your life or in a particular situation. You may feel you're being held back or perhaps even sabotaged. Now, here's one that I I think my wife has had a couple times. 
You feel something in your mouth, you spit it out only to discover it's your own, one of your own teeth. Or you look in the mirror and you discover all your teeth are missing. Ooh. She's she's dreamt about her teeth a lot. I you know, I shouldn't say that until I know what this is about first. But I know she's mentioned before <laughs> having dreamt about teeth. It means your husband is uh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> so number five is about your teeth. In general, dreams about losing teeth are common and suggest the dreamer feels powerless or out of control in a real life situation. Uh, oh, how sad. I'm going to have to go console her here. Dreams you're having difficulties related to self-esteem and speaking your mind. Oh, go up to her and just put your arm around her and then wiggle her teeth. So and then I'll ask they, her in the morning. They're not loose, are they? Did you brush your teeth in your sleep last night? <laughs> the second interpretation is that it could be time to see a dentist. Yeah. No, I've never had that, I don't think. If you look in the mirror when you're awake and your teeth are suddenly disappear before your eyes, you're probably on a bad acid trip. Just go home and wait it out. Oh, okay, fair enough. Good advice there. If you have a dream that you are naked in public, it's uh, you are revealing the real you, and you are afraid you will be exposed. Okay. It's awkward. Is there something you're hiding that's weighing on your mind that you're afraid will come out? If you're lost or unprepared, this is number three on the list. Say, like, you can't get your locker open, or you can't find your classroom, or you can't find your home, or you're late for something, a test, a train, a meeting. You know, it's a very common type of dream. The settings can all change, but if you're unprepared, then you're unprepared for changes coming in your waking life. Smartgirl.org says that to dream you're late for something represents your fear of change and your anxiety about seizing an opportunity. You may feel unready or unworthy in your current circumstance. You may also be conflicted about decisions in your future. Dreams about being at school often mean you're feeling insecure about your social status, your abilities, or your performance in a situation. Oh, okay. If you're dreaming about locks, you are frustrated and you need to express your feelings about a situation in real life. And a dream that takes place in school may be a metaphor for the lessons you are learning in your life. Dreamsforth.com adds that the dreams of a school locker signify hidden feelings and a thirst for knowledge. Ooh. All right, number two as we get to the end here. Uh, falling is definitely a sign you are out of control. According to thecuriousdreamer.com, these dreams signify a loss of control as well as a sudden lack of foundation in your life, such as a situation where, quote, the rug is pulled out from under you. I think everyone's had this dream, haven't they, of yeah. falling? When you're laying in bed... And do you ever notice your wife ever waking up from a falling dream? Because um, I've had it before with uh, Amanda waking up from a dream. The best thing to do when they do that is lay next to them. When you see them jump, just go, Aah! and then they just don't. I'm sure that had happened to someone who's just dreaming anyway and just yeah. woke up. But if you do that next to them, that freaks them out. <laughs> I think it gets followed up by a punch, though. Yeah, so. yeah, of course it does. Yeah, but it's still right. worth it. So we didn't. Uh, have you looked at the list? Do you know what number one is? Or I do now. Hang oh, okay. on. Okay, I'll move well, it. Right. No, I don't know. No, I was gonna have you guess. Oh, okay. What do you think the number one recurring dream is? Hmm. I wouldn't have a clue. Being chased. Okay. If you're a dream, you're being chased, you're probably trying to get away from something. You're possibly running away from or trying to hide from something you need to face in real life. A feeling you're avoiding, a conflict you don't want to handle, a difficult memory you'd rather forget. Do you have any favorite dreams that you have? Because mine are dreams of being chased either by dinosaurs or the alien out of Alien. 
I don't know. I I have a lot of dreams where I uh, see people I haven't seen in a really long time, mm-hmm. and they're not even necessarily like majorly important people in my life. I'm I'm always surprised at who fills it out. Like you, you don't have a Wii, but when you have a Wii video game system, it takes a pool of all the people who've ever played um, your game and created profiles. Mm-hmm. And so when you're playing tennis, there in the bleachers is the babysitter, great grandpa. You know your daughter's friend from three years ago. You know they're they're mixed into the scene, and so I've I've had a number of dreams where like like whoa, you know Nicole Russo, I haven't seen her in like eighteen years, and <laughs> Braden Hamilton, wow, you know right, okay, and and they're they're not the version that I knew. It's a aged by my brain version that really throws me sometimes. Like somehow I know that's who they are, but that's not at all like the photograph in my head. Yeah, I've I've had chase dreams before, and I sort of get a kick out of them. I, it sounds really weird because a lot of people don't really like them, and they're like, "Oh no, blah. I'd rather have a dream about nice fluffy uh, meadows." But no, I like a bit of excitement when I'm sleeping. Do you dream those kind of? Do, well, I, I don't remember dreams very well after the fact, but do you tend to dream more like first person or third person? Uh, more third person. I think. I think. In, I think if I'm changes. a character in it, I it tends to be first person. I don't I don't see myself, but I do a lot of what would be more like uh, a TV show that I'm not actually a character in what I'm seeing happening, but I'm right. seeing something play out. Okay, yeah, like an observer of what's going on. Right. Okay, cool. So, uh, as far as a website for today's show. It, this is one of many list sites that are out there, and we've mentioned Adi before and a couple other ones. Um, but this is uh, a pretty interesting one. There's interesting things, like just looking at the related lists on the site, there's the top 10 wine myths, top 10 worst unhealthy fad diets. But there, there's actually, I think, well over 100 lists on here. At the top of the page, it's got like your usual menu bar, home, Write for top tens, all top ten lists, podcasts, bottle quizzes, and then categories: history, miscellaneous, nature, people. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with the podcast. This is kind of a site I had found about a week ago, and I've just started poking around at. But uh, if you click all top ten lists, you get them in chronological order, and there's a really good amount. Okay, cool. So we nick some of these later on, then. Yeah. <laughs> Future shows coming up. Ten ugly sports uniforms. Uh, 10 Famous Kisses, 10 Best 80s Cartoons, Top 10 Metallica, Metallica Songs, Top 10 Worst Shoes to Wear and Step in Dog Poop. Okay, quickly, I've t- uh, clicked on the Top 10 Moustaches. Who would have the number one moustache? The most famous moustache in the world. The oh, most famous. Oh, I'm thinking that has to be someone from like... Um, the silent movies, how they kind of twirl. But I'm thinking Tom Selleck just keeps coming to Oh, he's number two. Oh, wow. Tom Selleck's number two. Fu Manchu is number one. Okay, well, hey, when you get a mustache named after you. Yeah, I suppose. And Adolf Hitler is number three. There we go. A top three moustaches as well. I'm looking at this top ten websites useful for one minute. And I, I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't know what this... I'm just looking at these things. They're all bizarre websites. Umbrella Today, number five on list. Weather is easy enough to obtain online, but what about rain? 
decipher the 20% chance of rain with Umbrella Today, which instantly tells you whether or not it's an umbrella catering day. Hey, girls, uh, what are you doing with my iPod? What, what are you listening to? It's just one of your podcasts. Oh, uh, which one are you listening to? A poppy and fifth of a bum bath. A puffy fifth of a bum bath, eh? Um, are you enjoying it? Well, I like Scott, but we don't reckon much to Elton. Okay, so uh, closing the show off, um, if you want to get in touch with us, it's uh, twitter.com forward slash Elton McManus or SHC1970. SHC uh, you can get us on the bombastpodcast at gmail.com. That's all the emails. Hit the site. We've got some comment space there if you want to stick stuff up. Yeah, there's show notes for every old episode, so go and take a look. There's links, all kinds of things. Look for things that you might have forgotten or never got a chance to listen to. Yeah, and I think the last thing to do is uh, hit a moral, I suppose. Well, looking over our news stories, a lot of lessons to learn there. We have <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of safety things. We should probably go with one of those. Yeah, don't drive with a woman hanging out your windscreen. <laughs> I think that one's kind of obvious. I think the one that uh, you might have to make a conscious effort to keep in mind might be, you know, to, to mind your butt. You when, don't want to be bumping into things. I.e. wheelchair joysticks. That's right. <laughs> okay. Mind or, your or butt car it windows. is. It could be that too. <laughs> you don't want to be getting your butt clipped by a dry passerby or falling through the elevator shaft either. Yeah. So it's an all-purpose all-purpose moral covers all bases Mm -hmm. cool mind your butts or mind your butt sounds good cool (laughs) well thank you very much guys for listening if just go back and listen to other shows if you're new to the show um and we'll catch you next time yep thanks a lot guys thanks a lot bye